Hey guys, this is Arturo, and I just want to promote a project that I've been working on. And if you are interested in fantasy football, particularly daily fantasy football, I've helped create an app. It is called FRS Fantasy Sports. It could be found on Apple or Android. Uh, we do things a little bit differently than FanDuel and DraftKings. We pick the stats. You pick the player that you think is going to perform best in those stats. We definitely have some unusual stats. Who will kick the longest field goal? Who will have the longest catch? Who will have the longest rush? This is what makes the game kind of fun. If you know the game of football and you're interested, check it out. It's FRS Fantasy Sports. Welcome to the Philosophy of Fighting Podcast with your hosts, Arturo and Anu. Alright, so we just finished UFC 268 and uh, it was the craziest UFC, I think. It was nuts. I loved it. Uh, how do you feel about it? Yeah, I felt the same way. Like I felt like it was like one of the craziest, and I don't normally even watch prelims, but it just so happened like I was in front of the couch and like ready for prelims and had like a free day, and I just watched every fight. And I was like, "What the fuck is going on?" This seemed insane, and then part of me just thought it was in my own head. But then I saw they released the stat today that uh, UFC 268 had more significant strikes than any other UFC card ever. And so, like, that in and of itself was like, oh, no wonder that was insane. That many people were getting hit that many times and mm -hmm. some brutal knockouts and then some epic wars. Obviously, the most famous being Justin Gagey versus Chandler. Yes. And I don't know if I've ever felt more like adrenaline during a singular fight than that fight. Me too. When that fight came on... Um... I was telling Tony, I'm like, this is the fight I'm looking forward to most on this whole card. And it's like hitting first. Mm -hmm. I've been finding that lately. Like my favorite card is generally the third fight. So generally they have like the two championship mm. fights or something up. And then the third fight is like between the contenders. And this fight was going to be the third fight. But I guess they decided they wanted to switch it up this time because they knew it was going to be a banger. And they're like, let's just start the card off with this. Yeah. But I don't know if that was the right thing to do because after that fight, there was a huge, like, literal emotional adrenaline dump where it was like, the next two fights were great, but they just didn't feel, you know what I mean? Like, it, it was yeah. just like I was still decompressing from that first fight. So actually, maybe it was good that they had it first because if they had that third, like, maybe we wouldn't even been hyped for the next two fights. Maybe. Well, I think some people did feel like that because they were watching the Canelo-Killer Plant fight. Oh, yeah, that too. Dana was watching the fight too, ringside. Yeah, so crazy. But yeah, that was happening during the Rose versus uh, Zhang fight. So I think a lot of people were in and out and in, a, in essence, not really watching either one if they were watching both. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It was a great fight day. And I guess, though, like, I don't know. I think some people were trying to say it's maybe disrespectful that Dana was watching that. I don't know. Maybe it is. Could be argued. But I kind of just felt like that's what people do on Sundays when they just watch like multiple football games. It's just right. with fights. Like it was like, Oh wow. There's just that many good fights now. And people are just kind of watching all of them. Yeah. I think people have more of a problem with Dana getting mad at pirates and him probably pirating that. 
You think he pirated it? Why wouldn't he just? He has so much money. I feel like they had a well, fee. When they asked they him about it, his answer definitely insinuated that he didn't pay for it. Why? How did he say? I posted a story about it because they're like, did you buy it? And he's like, well, uh, oh, yeah, I bought it. Like he kind of like, <laughs> like said it and you're like, oh, shit. So you're watching it cage side illegally. I don't know. I can't imagine Dana going to like Ripple or Crack Streams or something. and being like, I don't know. That would be hilarious if he did. Yeah. I love all the memes when they talk about Dana like catching the pirates and like his technology. Yeah. <laughs> it's like we're gonna get him. Like, no, you're not. Uh, but yeah, dude, that fight though, also, that was just I thought Chandler won the first round. So and that I. first round was the most intense first round I've ever seen since yeah. Nick Diaz Paul Daly. Yeah, you know, the only thing that annoyed me about the fight is one of the judges scored at 30-27. And I'm like, I don't see how. I'm pretty positive Chandler won the first round, but I yeah. wouldn't hate somebody for saying Gagey won it, maybe. See, that's know. the thing, though. Like, I think people don't make a big deal because they're like, ah, oh, the right guy won. And I'm like, yeah, he did, but that's a weird score to me because I'm like, Chandler like rocked him, kind of dropped him. Like, I, I don't know, man. That, that's a weird... Like, It should be definitively 29-28. I feel like Gagey did rock Chandler to that first round as well. I, I don't see how you can even make the argument that Gagey won that first round. I'm okay, I have, I have to rewatch that fight before I could like combat that. I guess I probably am just less upset about it because the right guy did win. Yeah, and I also think the same thing with the Rose and Zhang fight. The fact that there was like a... like All, all those scores are kind of weird to me that it's like 49-46, mm-hmm. really? Mm-hmm. That's, that's Do you think it's out of foolishness or maliciousness? You think somebody was on the take? I, I don't know because it, okay, so the same judge that did thirty twenty seven also did forty nine forty six on Rose yeah. and Zhang, and was also forty nine forty six on Kamaro versus Kobe. Do all the judges sit next to each other, or are they on separate sides of the cage? I think they're on separate sides. Because that makes me think, like, if you're doing the attacking near one of the judges, they may be able to see it a little bit more clear. Or, like, if their back is to the person, sure. they might think maybe they're being defensive and blocking. So, like, maybe, yeah. like, that dude. I think this would be an example where, like, data would help. Because there is something like that where they say about red and blue, where people are more likely to, like, vote on the red side. And that's why they switch fighters up. Or they do it randomly. Yeah, I don't know. I just... New York is always kind of crazy to me with that. But all the finishes were pretty sick in this card. You want to go through some of these finishes? All right. Should we uh, go through some of the uh, knockouts? Uh, let's start with Chris Barnett, his second round TKO. Yeah, he had a crazy backspinning heel kick. Yeah, that made big news. I think Chris Barnett has a pretty big story. and Plus, he's uh, quite the dancer on his walkouts and stuff. Uh, I only saw the highlights. I did not watch the whole fight, though. Yeah, but that highlight is going to make him famous. I even saw some comments that he was making, and like then he was like at the top, and I just felt like that spinning heel kick is going to do wonders for his career. Yeah. And uh, I think it's partial because he's kind of fat. He's like chubby. He doesn't have like the best figure, and here he is throwing a kick that like normally you see like Edson Barbosa hitting. Who's like ripped, and it's like here's this chunky dude that does this amazing spinning heel kick, and I it reminded me of like in the NFL when a D lineman gets an interception, and then he like runs sixty yards, and he's getting tired, but everybody's like rooting for that guy. Like that's not normally what you see. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I thought it was just beautiful that he did that. And I, that kind of just set the tone where you're like, yeah, tonight's kind of special. Like, what else are we going to see that's like interesting? And a lot of the prelim dudes got brutally knocked out. Yeah, uh, Ian Gary had a big knockout, his debut in the UFC. That's a big one, up-and-coming guy, mm-hmm. Cage Warrior champ. Another Irish guy, him and uh, Patty. Yeah, I love seeing the Irish dudes. There's also that guy from Brazil that's being resurrected, uh, the gentleman that beat Israel Adesanya twice already in kickboxing. Oh, yeah, um, Alex Pereira. Yeah, Alex Pereira. Some people consider him. Joe Rogan was talking about him nonstop, like how amazing is like possibly the best striker in the world, just considering striking. And he beat Izzy twice. And he actually trains with Glover. And Glover Teixeira basically said training with him has definitely upped his own level. And so now that's like an awesome team forming right there in Danbury, Connecticut. And be I'm really excited to see how this guy like grows in the UFC. Uh, having another Izzy would just be great for the sport. Yeah, I think um, it's weird because this is kind of like great white hype. Like, oh, you beat him as an amateur. I mean, it's not an amateur. They had a professional kickboxing match, two of them. Mm-hmm. Yes. But this is like he beat him in this sport and they're like, he's the last guy to beat him. Like, it just seems very like a reach. And I'm not saying Alex Pereira can't develop to becoming a champion. It just seems like maybe they're streamlining this a little too fast. Maybe. I mean, not fight-wise, but at least, like, the narrative. Yeah, but he's still decently young-ish. He's 34 years old. And the fact that he trains with Glover, I think, means a lot to me because that means he's training every day with, like, the light heavyweight champion. Right, and And it's the right move. It's a grappler. He's got the great striking. It just, when he versed, Michaelatis, his grappling did not seem there. So it's just one of those things. I'm like, is this a guy you're going to be able to get through the ranks to even fight? Is he? I don't know. Well, let's see. This was his first one, and he de- yes. he did decently well. Like mm-hmm. you know, he just kind of kept going for it. Uh, his kickboxing record is like mostly green. Yeah, and this was such a beautiful flying knee. And the way Dude, they I describe his the strength, best knockout. Yeah, that flying knee was like so beautiful, like elegant. I'm excited to see where he uh, goes from here. Yeah, it just we we need new blood anyway. So like, why not? You know, like have right. him there, and he comes with a good name. I don't want to make it seem like I'm not excited for him. He's actually probably one of my favorite new fighters. I just don't like hearing the narrative on his first UFC fight. This guy beat Izzy. This guy might be able to get to Izzy. Like. I'd like that narrative calms down a bit. Let's get him some wins before we begin that. I don't know. Yeah, but how are you not going to talk about that? You know, it like just, you have to hype this. Like, like it's just like it seems like. Oh, are you just going to get the fights needed to get to Izzy, or are you actually going to like try to climb the rankings? Do you know what I mean? No, I th- I feel like if like, he's are training you make with him Glover, all the strikers of the division so that he can get to Izzy. I think they're going to ease him slightly in, but he's also old enough where they can't just take forever. right yeah i just i don't so know i think i, just, I think they're gonna push him i don't think the ufc gives everybody the easiest route you know like you have to earn it like people say that with kamzat but like kamzat's only been hit twice he's has a certain aura about him and i'm sure dane is hearing the stories behind the scenes about how good he is rather than just kamzat has got four ufc wins that, that i mean that's something 
Who Kamzat? Yeah, I'm just saying. But then some yeah. people say, oh, he hasn't really beaten anybody great. But like the way he's beaten them is spectacular. And so the way this guy Alex just won with the first round, uh, or is it second round? But it was like that beautiful flying knee. Yeah. yeah, I think I'd like to see him get like a top 15, 20 fight. You know, like one more, like in that range between 15 and 20, and then yeah, work your way up, see where he stands, but challenge him. Why it not? would be cool. It would be an awesome showdown. It'd be a great story. I just, uh, I just think it's very early. That's all. Yeah, give him like a Chris Weidman type before he hurt his knee, like, like you know, like yeah, give him like a tough wrestler, see how he does. I wouldn't be opposed to it. Like, don't go so soft on him, but yeah, we'll see. Ally Quinta got knocked out too. Before we get to that, I want to talk about something that no one's talking about. Imavov uh, knocking out Shabazian. Like, it seems like Edmund Shabazian is done. Yeah, I don't want to say done because I feel bad. It's just that when you hype something up so much and then you have a few losses in a row, it's extra disappointing. That's kind of what happened to Johnny Walker, but now he's kind of making his way back. You know? Kind of. I don't know. I think Edmund Shabazian went like 12-0 and 0 or something. It was like a huge up-and-comer and just three straight losses and like they're just each getting worse. I think he even trained with AKA this time. Yeah, what a shame, his old, man. His old coach. He does have six skills. Like he is good. He was he was the eleventh ranked middleweight. He's gonna drop now, definitely. Oh yeah. Uh, and he has three losses in a row: Derek Brunson, Jack Hermanson, and uh, Nasruddin Imavov. Is Imavov? Uh, this is gonna be me being slightly racist and stereotypical. He's a grappler. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I saw that in one of the Reddit chats. Like, never try to wrestle a guy whose last name ends in V, you know? Or, or like, like, what are you doing? Like, you that's know? Not a bad, uh, it's not bad advice. Yeah. <laughs> and they gave him so, but he's gone through three great, three of the better grapplers in the middleweight division: Brunson, Hermanson, and Imavov. Like, Shabazian is good there too. Like, I, I don't know. I don't know. When I see Shabazian, I thought of him more as a striker. Most of he his is, wins were his, most of his wins were KOs. Right. TKOs. But his grappling hasn't seemed bad. Yeah, but maybe that was against people he felt comfortable with. Like, you know, that's the I beauty guess. of this sport, right? Like once the wrestling is that good, then his striking is no longer that good because he's scared to take down and they just overpower him. Yeah. He, he should keep training at a AKA. Like, let's see what he does at the next one, you know? Um, yeah, I, I, I do feel best. a little bit bad for him because they yeah. were hyping him up. They wanted yeah. him to be the guy. That, that's what I'm guys. saying. I feel like Alex Pereira is like that now too. And I'm like, ah, don't don't do that. Like, like him because you like him. Like, don't like him because oh, maybe he could be dizzy. I think it's slightly different though because Edmund is just 23 still. He's so young. Yeah, that's where, true. Where this guy's 34, so like, all right, we gotta squeeze that fucking juice out of him while we can, you know. And he still has that victory on him. Edmund, like he's so young, like he was good. They wanted him to be like a prodigy, like Jones. Yeah. But now maybe he's going to be more like Charles Oliveira, where he has a slightly 50 50 record for a few years, but maybe by the time he's 26, 27, and has three, four years at like AKA, he just puts it all together and becomes a beast. Yeah, he maybe. still has that opportunity to do that. Yeah. Even taking a couple years off, why not? And just fucking train like a madman, get your wrestling up to date, and then who knows? Yeah. So I wouldn't say he's done, but he could be done if he doesn't have the mental fortitude to be able to deal with three straight losses. Like that is somewhat difficult. Yeah, I can imagine. All right. The next the next fight had uh, Chris Curtis defeat Phil Hawes. Did you see that fight? No, I didn't see that fight. 
Oh man. All right. So this was like the beginning of like highlighting why UFC commentating. I just can't stand. Why? What Bill happened? Hawes was a big favorite. Joe Rogan and DC are like, man, he looks so good. So good. And I'm watching the fight and I'm like, he looks so good because he's the favorite. You know what I mean? Like he didn't actually look so great. He wasn't crushing it. And then lo and behold, Chris Curtis drops him. Really? And yeah. And I'm, and I'm with Darlene and I'm like, do you see what I'm talking about with like the announcers? I can't believe this. And then sure enough, like they'll go to him and be like, wow, you got that out of nowhere. And I'm like, did he get it out of nowhere? Like, I just feel like it was so biased. And that was the point in which I changed the commentary to a, a different commentary. Yeah. I just can't, can't deal with it. I'm watching. I'm like, yo, are you watching the same? Like, why do you have to frame it the way you do? Why do you have to, they always have to pick a fighter that they're like looking good and then they're just going to shit on the other fighter the whole time. It's very weird. Yeah, I don't appreciate that. Maybe it's subconscious too, though, because these fight communities are so intertwined and Maybe oh, that's dude, it. like I know somebody that trained there and they told me about them and like, yep. you know, it's like my cousin's friend. And so, yeah, you're going to I want to believe they're not doing it on purpose, but even Justin Gagey called out DC on like hyping up uh, Islam Makachev. Mm-hmm. I mean, even though Makachev deserves hyping up, but maybe as the announcer, you don't do it. Like you do it on your own Twitter or maybe you do it even on ESPN, but not when you're announcing the fights per se. Like, you know, like trying to catch yourself a little bit. And so Gagey kind of got mad at him. But he's just like, I still love you, DC, because I feel like they're all going to do that with their team. Dude, I love Joe Rogan and DC too. I just don't want them announcing my fights. Yeah, I was really happy that Chris Curtis won because I was just like, good this this defeats that team you know <laughs> yeah i like when the underdog wins more often than not i mean i was happy i remember out. watching the brunson shabazian fight thinking like yo they hate brunson like they just treat them like this gatekeeper we might have mm-hmm. even talked about it and then like brunson proved like oh yeah i'm a fucking great gatekeeper like you're, you're too young for me shabazian like you know you can't handle this yet and Yep. And Brunson is kind of, I think, pissing off the UFC with his like consistent victories. He has four, five victories in a row, actually. So he beat Edmund, who was like the UFC wanted to hype. Then he beat Kevin Holland, who the UFC wanted to hype. And then he beats Darren Till, who the UFC wanted to hype as well. So I yep. thought that was just like Dana's definitely pissed at uh, Brunson. Yeah. All right. So next up, Bobby Green versus Ally Quinta. Yeah, poor Al. I was hoping he would win in front of his like hometown crowd. Yeah, I think Al can't hang with today's strikers. Al would do better against like I think Al's striking is good to beat wrestlers of today. Where like I don't think he can hang with like some of the top striking guys today. Yeah, he had a great streak where he won five in a row, and then he came against Khabib. And then after Khabib, he beat Kevin Lee, but now he's lost three in a row. Donald Cerrone, Dan Hooker, both were decisions. Exactly my point. That actually proves my point. I wasn't even thinking of his last fights. I'm like, I I think he could beat up like some of the wrestlers of today. I don't think he could beat up the better striker. Yeah, he had a split decision against Masvidal. A lot of people believe Masvidal won that, though. That was in 2015, so it was a while ago. Mm. And then, yeah, he beat Sanchez, wrestler, 2017, but that was probably a shell of Sanchez. And then, yeah, you get Khabib, who he did decently well. I mean, he got dominated, but he survived five rounds against Khabib. So I think that's like a win. And then, yeah, he beat Kevin Lee, the wrestler, just like you said. And yeah, Cerrone and Hooker, two better strikers, defeated him. 
unanimous decisions. And now Bobby and then, Green. Yeah, but Bobby Green took him out. The other guys went yes. the full five and three rounds. Yeah. And my cousin, uh, my cousin was uh, messaging me. He's like, dude, Bobby Green with his hands down the whole time, like insinuating it was cocky. And I'm like, no, no, like hands down is like, I don't know. I, I like the low guard. I'm a big fan of the low guard. What's the benefit of the low guard? It is harder to read. It's easier. So like if you have a low guard, you're basically using it as a counter strike, right? Someone's going to throw a strike at you because your hands aren't up. And if you could slip it, you can catch the other guy really open. Okay, but you have to slip it. Yeah, you don't even have to slip it. Um, If you're good at covering distance, like Robert Whitaker has a low lead hand, but he can cover distance really quick. And the reason why his jab is so good, and like most people with low hands, is because it doesn't come straight down the pipe, so it's harder to see. Mm -hmm. Because it comes from Mm -hmm. the hip. You don't see it as well, because usually your focus when you're fighting someone is usually on like their chest, their shoulders... Like the hand is kind of out of the way because it's not in that zone anymore. So there's a lot of times just harder to see. Aren't you more susceptible to getting clipped though? I mean, yes, but even if your hands were up, you would still get clipped if your feet aren't good, if your head movement's not good. Sure. So yeah, I mean, your hands being up at your face is like the last line of defense. It doesn't mean it's the best line of defense. Okay, that's a good way of putting it. And so you have to change your tactics slightly, but it doesn't mean you're necessarily right. I'm a big more fan danger. of the low guard. I, I like, I like, or at least like a, a Robert Whitaker, the low lead hand is like, I'm a big fan of it. I like when Whitaker does it. And I kind of get it with his like awkward style, but sometimes I see it and I'm like, I don't know if I like it. Like, I think it's like one of those things you have to practice more because. For sure. Bobby Green's good at it. I mean, there's other guys too. A Wonder Boy has a low guard yeah there are a lot of guys that that play with the low guard a lot and i would even say even like some of the good guys that aren't notoriously playing it still have some playing it like i'll I'll see adesanya play it i'll see like there are a lot of guys that play it so you mentioned a lot of kickboxing yeah maybe more of a kickboxing technique than like a regular boxer with a low guard you know what i mean yeah maybe it's like whitaker wonder boy and adesanya like we like those three people that's true boy tight has a notoriously high guard yeah and those guys love moving in and out it gives them better movement yeah kickboxers definitely move in and out they're rangy almost like karate guys also too where muay thai guys are very much like stand in your place high guard and fucking trade (laughs) how much do you think is like because al like people joke about al being a real estate agent and like working like Mm. Do you think it's like one of those things where like if you're not full time, full time, like how many of these fighters have second jobs? You know what I mean? Like part point. of me wonders, like you um, never see like relief pitchers in baseball be like, oh, yeah, like I also like substitute teach, you know, like they like. Well, they, in the old days. Yeah, in the old days. But now that they get paid a certain amount of money, like they got to be better if they're training more. No. I yeah, know. I mean, right now you have less fighters working other jobs, but like it's still the old days, I guess, for fighting. Yeah, but especially when you're like somebody like Al, like you're like one of the best in the world, you know, like you're top 20. Like, I to think me, there like, are you're one people of the top that 20 in the world. I know, but I just don't feel Rare. like it's like good for them. Like, you know, like it doesn't Agreed. make them better fighters. Agreed. You know, and then so it's going to hurt their ability. And then, yeah, in a sport like this where you could get permanently hurt, you know, yep. like part of me wonders. I mean, it shows their confidence, but I don't know if it's good in the long run. Agreed. And I think it just makes Dana look more like a bitch. Like this is like another fighter pay thing. Like somebody told Dana, like, yeah, why not give people like a hundred thousand for this event? And then he was like, I don't like he kind of like dismissed yeah. it. 
And then it comes out he bet a hundred thousand on like Caleb Plant uh, on the, on that yeah. fight, and it's just like, dude, you have so much money. Like, it's not coming out of your pocket. Like, what is an extra like hundred grand for the twenty events that you throw? Like, what is that? An extra like five million dollars a year? But like, your fucking fighters love you that much more. And I mean, he don't care about that. I'm happy about Bobby Green, though. If if you don't follow Bobby Green on Instagram, you should. I think his posts are so gangster and funny. Yeah, he's a good follow. Let's see. I'm on his Wikipedia page right now. It says, Green was born in San Bernardino, Cali. Became a foster child at five years old when his father was incarcerated and his mother was a dude definitely out of... Yeah, he's gangster, man, for sure. And then he began wrestling as a sophomore. And then he won. He placed in state twice. And then moved on. Good for him. Yeah, he talked. He mentioned it briefly in his post-fight speech that, like, yo, if I can do this, like, I didn't have a father, I didn't have family, I didn't have all this stuff. And he's like, I got here. Like, uh, like if I can do this, then so can you. It was like it was yeah, a nice he, message. He, this is wow. He's been in the UFC a while. Yes, he is a journeyman. He's seventeen fights in the UFC. Woo! Good for him. He's definitely yeah, built man. a career for himself. And even before that, Strike Force. So he's been at the top of the top. Like Strike Force. In Strike Force, he had like a nice eight win winning streak. And then in the UFC, it's kind of been hard. Yes. Three losses, a draw, a win, two losses, then three wins, then two losses, not one win. Shows he definitely has a lot of fucking fighting spirit in him to go from like three losses and two losses. Like when you start having those streaks, yeah. I can just imagine how hard and difficult it may be to like just camp you know and like go through those fight camps and just how dude is a gangster that dude is ready to like fight whenever yeah he's he's i like him yeah all right new fan i got a new fan too bobby green yeah all right and the next fight was alex Pereira, which we touched up on i think that's the knockout of the night for me i thought yeah i i love his style I'd love to see his grappling get up there and him versus the best of people for sure. I just don't want people to think that he can beat Izzy yet in MMA. <laughs> yeah, no. I think, though, give him three or four fights and see where he stands. That'd be exciting. Sure. And that's yep. a great storyline. It is. It's a great storyline. Um, yeah, all those prelims, that might have been like the best set of prelims I've ever seen. Yeah, like even if I just made like Alex Pereira like the main event of a fight night and then Bobby Queen, Bobby Green versus Ally Quinta, Chris Curtis, Phil Hawes, Imabov, Shabazi. And I'm like, that's a good fight night. Yeah, that's a good fight night. Definitely. Names, good prospects, young, different, yep. pat, like diversity of skills and fighting styles. Yeah. All right. Then Gagey Chandler, which to me is the fight of the night. Dude, that might be the fight of the year. Yeah, maybe. I, we've said that a few times, though. There's been some freaking great fights, but yeah, but yeah, that was definitely a contender. Still, that was up there too because of Aura. Like that was like you knew that was gonna be fight of the night, like a potential fight of the year. Generally, when you expect things, they're not as good. You know, when you tell somebody this is the best movie ever, like ah, yeah, like, and that like this was like yo, this is gonna be a great fight. And it actually was. It was like fuck yeah, like that was. I, get, I started getting nervous, though. I was like, these people are way too fucking strong hitting each other that many times. Like, what does that do to you? Dude, even when they were throwing hard and missing each other, I was like, oh, like, it's just, I know how it feels to throw that hard and miss that much. It's so draining. And I'm like, I can't believe these guys are still throwing this hard the whole freaking time. 
Insane. Yeah, the last minute you could tell they were like, "All right, we don't want to hit each other anymore." I think yeah. they like, I think they like had like one of these like friendly truces. Where, I, like, I, I thought Chandler broke his hand or something. That's why he wasn't engaging as much in the end. But yeah, I thought Chandler looked like Tony Ferguson after he fought Justin Gagey, where he was like knocked out on his feet, like they were oh, too think- strong for their own good and like kind of wobbling and being like, "No, come on!" Like all adrenaline and trying to make it a show. Yeah, I think this time Chandler did enough damage to Gagey where it was probably like, okay, I want enough and we're done, kind of, you know? Yeah. Where, but who knows? Even that slam towards the third round, like oh. Chandler put all his energy into that and like, and then Gagey, too much beautiful reversal. It. Yeah, I feel like he put too much into it where he didn't get like a finish. Like he was trying to just like slam him as opposed to like gaining top. Yeah, but I thought that was fucking awesome. Like, it was it's like awesome. I finally got it. Like, but Gagey with a great reversal, and we kind of saw a yeah. similar reversal in uh, the main event when that happened. So I was like, yeah. oh, like I, these- I can't believe though that Chandler had that much energy to do that in the second round. Chandler has, Insane. I feel like, the best body in the UFC. Like you know when you like show like some meathead. Like I feel like mm. Chandler for his like weight class and size you're like what the fuck like he almost looks like if nobody told most, you how much he weighed you'd think he was like a heavyweight you know yeah he's the most explosive yeah he 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 came into that fight heavier than gagey by a bit yeah just and he's short so like it, it fits him yeah. well like he's just jacked and he just like was he but just kept going can't can't hang with the best of the ufc it's been a tough go and this must be i don't know i mean i know he plays it off well he's he's definitely not a sore loser and stuff but He's, he's probably the most gracious loser in UFC. He basically had Oliveira beat yep. and then lost to him the next round. And then the same thing with Gagey, I feel like. He was rocking Gagey, and then the round kind of ends, and then the next round, Gagey rocks him. And you're like, yeah, damn. Like I, I wonder if that's like in his psyche, if that messes with him. I'm like, to have it happen again. But Chandler was rocked that first round. And even in that second round, you could tell his leg was compromised. So, like, it wasn't like he was dominating, dominating. But, yeah. Look, he that, beat, Okay, he, we talk about this like, oh, if that first round doesn't end. Yep. Chandler no. t- wins the fight. I don't know if he wins the fight, but he's he more likely to win the fight. I think odds are in his favor that he wins the okay, fight. Okay, fair. I would say, like, yeah. plus 200, but not, like, or plus 150. I don't know. I, I think he wins the fight. I, I think he becomes the favorite at that point. But yeah, Gagey recovered and not only came back, but should have finished him in that second round. Like I thought the ref was going to call it. Yeah, it, it was close. It was close. Insane. Yeah. And I, I don't know. Maybe maybe Chandler cares, but maybe Chandler also knows. Like, look, I was a champion in tour. I am making really good money in the UFC. I fought three of the top. I don't know what seven people and right. did amazing against them. You know, like you got to hold your head up high. Plus he knows like, I'm probably going to be an analyst or an announcer or something like the way oh, he speaks and like his, yeah, I just uh, feel like that's kind of the career he's going towards. And he doesn't seem fake. Like he just seems like a little, he reminds me of like Paul Felder, like a badass motherfucking fighter, but he knows, all right, I'm maybe not the best of the best. Even though Chandler was, an inch away from being the champion, he knows there's more to his life, you know? Yeah, I would love if Chandler got into that game. I, I like his takes a lot. But I heard he is pushing for a fight versus McGregor now. <laughs> yes. 
And uh, McGregor said, I'm down at some stage for sure. Great fight the other night. Mike, uh, congrats. And Michael's like, thank you, sir. Yeah. So, yo, don't call him sir. That's why I like Gagey sometimes too, where he's just like, yo, fuck McGregor. Like, fuck Kobe. Like, it's just like. <laughs> <laughs> well, I liked when he called uh, Kobe a bitch at the press conference. That was funny. Yeah, he's like, cool, you're a bitch. I mean, we're going to have to get to it, but Kobe's definitely not a bitch. But yeah, I, uh, I just like, uh, I like Gagey too. Like, Gagey has. I feel like Chandler and Gagey are the same person. Gagey lost to Eddie Alvarez and Dustin Poirier in very close wars. Mm-hmm. And Chandler just has lost now two close wars. Yeah. And Gagey realized that I can't do that. And he started fighting smarter. And now he's fighting better than ever until he fought Khabib. And maybe Chandler learns from this and goes, all right, I got to just fight a little smarter, you know, and like take a step back, not blow my energy in like the first round. Maybe. And he's still decently young. He's 35. And he seems like more reliant on power than speed. And so if he uses more of his smarts. Yeah, I don't know. At 35, not so young. Not so young, but not so old either. You know, like the way he takes care of his body. Like he's, he doesn't seem. The McGregor route because he knows he's at the end of the line now. Well, I think everybody goes to McGregor route because they can make a lot of money. Sure. Only Gagey was the one that wasn't. Was like, I want to fight Khabib and get the champion you need like a special breed of like honorific person but uh i'd like to see him fight mcgregor i'd respect that good mcgregor going in somebody tough you know like he's not taking a super easy fight yeah i was i was kind of thinking mcgregor might do like tony ferguson or I feel nate. Like that could that could be a fun fight or nate yeah do nate for the third time you just lose that then you're just done. Yeah, i don't know all the all these people worrying about like nate versus um hamzat and nate's not gonna take that fight nor should he the problem is Nate only has one fight left on his contract, and right, Dana so knows. Pro- yeah, and Dana knows he probably wants to leave, and it's such bullshit. Like, yo, why be a dick to Ferguson, one of the people? We're not going to get McGregor, even though both of those would sell and everyone would make a shit ton of money. But God forbid Nate Diaz went late, leaves UFC on a win. I know, right? Like, why be such a scumbag? Yep. Like, and Nate has done so much for you. You've made so much money off of him. Like, give him a little. Because I want to see Diaz fight one of the Paul brothers. And he, that's exactly what would happen. And yeah, he would make dude. so much money from it. Yeah. I mean, I want to see Diaz versus Ferguson or McGregor as well. You know that's going to be an amazing fight. Yeah. Let him go out and do McGregor-Diaz. The fact that Dana even suggested Kamzat Diaz yeah. is insanity to me. That would be so like me, a me murder in the cage. Yep. Like, me too. It's, and not only that, it's not relevant. It's not like, relevant you have at a all. a guy climbing the ranks, now you're going to give him an unranked guy? Like, yeah. <laughs> After you wanted to give him Leon Edwards, who was third ranked? Yeah, he's just trying to bury Diaz. It's it just, it's lame. Oh. Also, you know, he, he would be the ultimate fuck you to Nate Diaz is if um, Dana books Connor versus Tony. Yeah, maybe, but That'd whatever. be the ultimate F you to Diaz. No, because Tony also deserves something so i wouldn't feel like that's like as much fucking over diaz as it is like giving tony a bone too it's like earn wise like he's been such no, a company yeah, man dude, and he's got to be a great fight i'd so love to much. watch it it would just suck for diaz yeah it would suck a little for diaz but give diaz just another regular fight and let him leave if he wants to leave or fucking pay him a lot more and he'll stay at the ufc diaz yeah, is like that. that it the second the latter is never gonna happen it's so annoying Right, let's move then to you, this next fight. Shane Burgos versus Billy Q. Billy Quarantillo. Yeah, I was happy for Shane Burgos. That was a great fight. 
it was a great fight. Uh, I was thinking Billy Q had the best chance of an upset at plus 170, I think. Of, of all the underdogs, I was like, oh, I like Billy Q's chances. I thought it was I liked close. his heart, and I liked yeah. the way he fought. I thought it was close. At the, end of, at the end of the fight, oh, I could see a split decision. I could see it going either way, but it was unanimous decision, 29-28. That's what I gave it to, and I felt like... I the could have seen one of those judges going 29-28 the other way as well. So I was thinking like it was going to be 29-28, split decision win for one of those guys. But the thing is, uh, Billy couldn't walk by the third round. And I think that is enough to like sway a lot of judges' minds where it's like, dude, this guy is so compromised like from the leg kicks and like just eating the shots where it felt like every shot that boy goes through had more power. And just more of an impact than what Billy did. Like, Billy had so much yeah. heart. And the fact that he was going for, like, foot locks and ankle locks when he couldn't walk. Like, he just went with what yeah. his body could do. I was like, this guy's got such a good fight IQ and, like, yeah, such endurance. And the way he's attacking. Like, yeah. I feel like he's going to be somebody to keep I mean, an eye on. For sure. I think he's one of the best unranked fighters. Um, and not to take anything from Shane Burgos. He's awesome to watch too i like both these guys i just think billy q is one of those guys that like people still don't know yet and i i think people will really like his personality and his fighting i didn't know who he is and so yeah according to what you just said i'm one of those people oh yeah now, when they like, first oh, yeah. started they called him quarantillo and so they were calling him quarantillo like the whole fight and at the end of at, at the end he's like my name's not quarantillo it's quarantillo <laughs> like, really? like, yeah man that, it's my name i know what it is like, really? <laughs> you sure oh it was so good and then they're asking about fighting like man i just love fighting you know like i don't know he's just he's definitely a very likable guy and the way he fights is awesome so when he was going for the takedowns and it was it reminded me of like henry cejudo when he had drop foot and still won the fight mm -hmm. and it was just like this guy couldn't walk like Burgos, each one had their own style. Like Burgos was doing so well, tight, like fighting, like these clean shots. And then yeah. like Billy was just like picking him apart from further away. Yeah. And then eventually when his leg was gone, like Billy just started going for these other, it was just a beautiful mixed martial arts fight with a little bit of everything. That's what I loved about this car too. It was a little bit of everything. It wasn't like these guys were like, yo, we're just going to box or we're just yes. going to wrestle. We're just going to do jujitsu. It's like literally everybody was doing everything. If yeah. you were going to bring somebody into the sport, I feel like yesterday's card is oh, one yeah. of the perfect cards to bring them into the sport. For sure. I was, the only thing I was surprised is, um, you know, it's in Madison Square Garden, and both these guys are from New York. I'm surprised they made two New York guys fight each other. Mm. Yeah, shout out to Shane Burgos. He, I always see, like, pictures of him, like, training with some people I know, so I feel like... Gotcha. Yeah, it's like a second cousin or somewhere. I'm like, all right, yeah, like I want to root for him and I want him to win. And I feel like his last few fights were like wars yeah. where he didn't get the nod. And so now he had another war, but he did get the nod. So yeah. like kind of like we were talking about Bobby Green, like some of these people coming back from like two, three straight losses for a victory, like Jan Blakovich and Glover yeah. Teixeira. Like I love these people that are able to do that. Like good for them. And I feel like that's like a real martial artist you know like in the movies like you For win sure. you lose and then you win and we're starting to see some of that now like a wave of that as opposed to like just pure dominance yeah yeah all right you want to move to cheeto vera versus frankie edgar yeah that was sad i feel bad for frankie but like cheeto's just on the rise and frankie's on the decline 
yeah, man, I think uh, the more Cheeto keeps winning, the more he's justifying his uh, win over Sean O'Malley. Yeah, and I was having a discuss- discussion with somebody about it where they were like, yeah, but Cheeto didn't really beat O'Malley. And I was like, yo, he kicked him in the leg. He had yo, the drop he foot. totally did. I don't know what that means. I, I get what people are saying, like, oh, it was an injury, but I, I think don't. they don't understand, like, the injury was caused by the... Yeah, it's crazy. Look, he hung with Aldo, which is awesome. And then since he hung with Aldo in the last year, he beat Davy Grant and Frankie Edgar. Like, he's on his way up. Dude, hell yeah. Cheeto's pretty awesome. And I, I feel bad for Frankie Edgar in that he's, like, the meme everywhere today. I know. That picture, though, is such a good picture. It's a crazy picture. It's not a good picture. I feel like like you look at it and you realize how much trauma is going into that. Yes. And you're like, oh, that just fucked up his life. That. I know. I kind of wanted to talk about that later because, yeah, we have this podcast. We love the fights. But then sometimes I'm like, oh. that's why I want them paid a little bit because they get retired a look, little bit earlier. I want them to fight and I want those things to happen. Sure. But. I don't want the still frame to be like, you know, everyone's like, oh, he looks like uh, Diddy Kong. And I'm like, yeah, he does look like that. That's he fair. does. But it's also like you're just you're on the verge of like, like, how far is it from making fun of like someone's corpse? Right. Like that's an I, obvious like, oh, dude, you should never do that. That's totally disrespectful. I feel like this is in that family to me. See, I didn't share it, though, to be disrespectful. I shared it to be like, yo, this is real. This is like what's happening. Oh, yeah. No. To these fighters. I'm just saying when you make a meme out of it, when it's like, oh, it's Diddy Kong. At that point, I'm like, ah, you're getting into that realm. At least for me, I'm like, I just can't do it. Maybe because I look at Frankie Edgar as like a hero. Exactly. Why? Yeah. That plays out into it. I think that does play. I think that does play a part that we love Frankie and he's like an icon of the sport. And one thing that they said during the contest yesterday that I thought was like poignant, like Frankie won the championship at 155. And then he contended for the featherweight champion twice, you know, and gave good efforts. Then he went to 135 and he's still smaller than everybody. How the fuck is Cheeto Vera that much bigger than Frankie? Like Frankie really is a flyweight then. Right, like if he goes to one twenty-five, if he's gonna is he gonna be smaller than everybody at one twenty-five? Like it's just mind-boggling to me that yeah, he won the one fifty-five championship when he might have been. I mean, the sport has obviously evolved, so yeah. still like a one twenty-five, one thirty-fiver. You know what I mean? Like right. two full weight classes down, not one. Like he was two full weight classes down. Yeah. I don't I mean, know. I mean, BJ Penn was known at 155, but he won the welterweight title first. Yeah. Well, BJ's like that. BJ's a freak, too, where he fought a light heavyweight, almost yeah. beat Machida, like, or heavyweight it was. So, yeah, like, those are the two of the greatest ever, you know? And so, like, Frankie's like, oh my God. That even, even though he lost, like, just seeing him that much smaller next to Vera, like, solidified that, like, yeah. All right, Frankie, you're a legend, and now I think is your time. Like, what are you going to do, go to 125? Oh, okay, so you think he should stop. That's what I was going to ask. Yeah, come on, you made so much money. And seeing a picture like that, like, so much trauma. Get front kicked in the face. And Frankie Edgar has the most amount of cage time in the UFC. Literally seven hours and 55 minutes of straight fighting. And I don't think Frankie has had an easy fight in the UFC. No. Then add to that all the training. 
I think he also has the second most fights that's, in that's the exactly UFC at 29. Frankie Edgar married his kindergarten sweetheart. He has two kids. He's like a Tom's veteran. He coaches at Rutgers. Like, dude has like the perfect life. Like, just you really gave it your all. You're a beast. Like, maybe give him like one fun fight. You know, yeah, like, a Dom- like a send off type fight. Yeah. Yeah, like a Dominic Cruz or something. Did they ever fight Cruz and Edgar? No. no. I don't think now. Cruz would take that, but you know what I mean. Somebody a little bit older, somebody that's not going to viciously knock him out. What do you think is next fight. for Cheeto? I don't know. Let's see who's like the 135-pound ranking. Yeah. Let's see that. Like a Sanhagen? I don't know. Is that too good if you give him Sanhagen? Like Sanhagen just San lost had the two championship. now in a row. Maybe it is appropriate. Yeah, like let's see where Cheeto stands, but I don't know. I would know. love to see that. Let's see. Hold on. I got to see more. Let's see. Sanhagen. Rob Font is going to fight Jose Aldo soon. Cody Garbrandt. That'd be another good one, but Cody has That's a fun fight. While. Cheeto Vera versus Cody Garbrandt. If Garbrandt is healthy, Heck is yeah. a, a very fun fight to make. Heck yeah. Yeah, let's do that. If I'm the matchmaker, that's what I do. Cody Garbrandt likes to talk a little shit. Cheeto Vera definitely has like some confidence. I think in the middle of the fight with Edgar, he gave him like two middle fingers. Yep. And then they're, they're like, why'd you do that? He's like, oh, it's just a fight. Like, whatever. He's <laughs> like, I love Frankie Edgar. Like, <laughs> I felt like I honestly believed him. It didn't feel like an act like where he wanted to say fuck you, but he's like, ah, oh, whatever. It's entertaining. Like, it just reminded me of like Latin American people. You know, you call people fucking pussies and chingon and whatever, but you like, <laughs> yeah, I, I would like to see that. I, I hope he does good or give him fucking O'Malley again. Let's see. Let's, let's see that fight. They, they shouldn't rematch that unless O'Malley like wins a couple more and they're in the, like O'Malley's not even ranked. Is he, he might be ranked now. Maybe he's like 10. Actually, no, he's probably not even 10. I feel like, why wouldn't they? Okay. He should be at least like 13 one? or something. Holy shit. In this one, O'Malley's not even in the top. That's what I'm saying. I don't even think O'Malley's ranked yet. It says Song Yadong, Cody Stammen, Rafael Asuncio, Frankie Edgar, Marlon Vera at 11. But I don't know if they updated it at the UFC since yeah. the last one. Uh, All right. Cruz well, is at 10. that's what I'm saying. I think like you have to at least rank Sean O'Malley in the top 10 before you make him versus Cheeto again. Davashili versus Marlon Vera would be a good fight too. Ooh, He's that would ranked be six. That'd be fun. And Davashili doesn't necessarily have a big name where I feel like Marlon Vera is building up a name for himself. Yeah. So maybe that would be a good fight for him to take. Yeah, I love that. That's a good one. All right, let's move on to uh, Rose versus Zhang. Yeah, great fight. Everybody loves Rose. I feel like everybody yep. treats Rose like they're her, like that's her little sister, like yep. their little sister. Are just like always supportive of her and yeah here she is like great takedown at the end like everything she does she just does right i was surprised she got any takedowns let alone a couple yeah i just nothing surprises me with rose anymore she just has like all heart and i just feel like she trains very hard this fight i think is the best case uh, especially on this card but distance management i think rose's distance management was if people want to get good at understanding like how to keep someone on the outside with footwork and rangy attacks and like where to move like this is the one like study how rose just fought zhang it was it was masterful for that i think that's rose and i think that's also trevor whitman yeah for sure 100%. i feel like that's a specialty and you saw that with gagey and usaman too i feel like they right. both move all three of them move so much more confidently than they did beforehand yeah for sure 
for sure. Right, I thought like Zhang looked good. I I just was surprised. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like Zhang still just relies so much on strength. I mean, why shouldn't she? She's a she's a tank. Yeah, no, not that she shouldn't, but like, oh, okay, it's like rock paper scissor, you know. And strength like beats a lot of things, but it doesn't always beat like stellar technique, 100%. like you know. And I feel like that's Rose's strength. It's like so, for like that, like Zhang would have to be like paper, you know, or whatever is like in the analogy. She'd have to like switch it up slightly, like, and you still always have that strength with you, but it wasn't gonna necessarily work this time. With, yeah, I like, thought with Zhang that tactic. training with Cejudo being on American soil, not dealing with the time change, all that stuff was going to really help. And she was the favorite, but it's, mm -hmm. it's cool to see, though. I, and if they fought a third time, I think they still might make her the favorite. I think it would be the same thing with almost like Nganu. Oh, like, you could beat Nganu, but it doesn't mean he's not going to be the favorite because only one of them has to hit, you know? And yeah. let's see what happens with Whaley in the future. It's not like there's so much uh, depth in the women's MMA, you know? Like, we might see yeah. it again. Did you see that they moved uh, Yawana out of the rankings? Yeah, that's like a little bit of Dana politics, no? Yeah, that's so crazy to me. But now now I just think like, yo, Yawana versus Zeng again would be sick. Uh, that was the saddest fight I ever saw, though. Yawana looked so bad after that fight. Like that hematoma was like the worst thing maybe I've seen. Like that was almost up there with the broken limbs of Silva, Weidman, and McGregor. Yeah. Like, that human toma was disgusting. Insane. Disgusting. But yeah, shout out to Rose. Another win for Trevor Whitman. And yeah, I, I thought uh, Whaley like, gained some fans at the end too. Like she was very humble and sweet and was like, yeah, like Rose is good. You know, it wasn't like the last fight where she was like a little bit of a sore loser or a lot of bit of a sore loser. Like this one, I felt like she had like a lot of class. And uh, yeah, made some fans. They tend uh, to like people more after they lose. Sometimes. Depends on how they lose, of course. How gracious they are with it. Exactly. If they're gracious, yeah. I'm like, yeah, I like you. Like, you yeah. know, like I like you even more and I'll start rooting for you. Yep. Agreed. Um, all right. Main event, Usman versus Kobe. Did you see it playing out like this? Yeah. Okay. So I, I don't remember exactly what we talked about. I got to re-listen to it. But I felt like it was going to be similar to the first fight, but I said it was going to be a little bit sloppier and it's going to go five rounds. Like, you know, like it was going to be close. And Covington is just like a master of cardio. And if I was coming to it, I would try to make it somewhat sloppy. And, and I know you asked me then, well, what does that mean, sloppy? But like, you know, like kind of close, clinchy, like, like a little bit more of a fight than like a technical match. Right. And the first two rounds, it wasn't that mess. It was like they were kind of clean and boxing and Usman was winning significantly. And I was like, holy shit, Usman, like it reminded me of the Masvidal fight. I was like, I think Usman's yep. going to just fucking end him. So did I, and I thought in, that too. In, in the second round, he almost did. And then Colby shows that fucking heart. And then just the next two rounds, or the third round could have been a draw or Colby. I don't know. It was close, but like Colby definitely won the fourth round. And it was just like, shit. And he was like hurting Usman. I think some of the times it looked like Usman was more hurt than he actually was, just the way like Usman was moving away from it, like dipping his head low. Like, yeah. I don't know how hurt he was, but that was a great fight. I don't think it was as good as the first fight. Even at the end, Colby was like, wasn't like, oh, I, I didn't lose what Dude, he was after the first fight. So I, I feel actually like think was... that this fight was an incredible fight. I think we just got spoiled because we got all of these crazy good fights on this card that made it seem more 
par. But I actually think alone, this fight was incredible and just as good as the first. Okay, it was incredible. I wasn't trying to say it wasn't incredible, but I just think the first fight was maybe one of the best ever. What I liked about this fight was that there was more wrestling involved. And they did try to switch it up, and you did see a little bit more of the skill set. They're both just so good at wrestling and boxing that that's what the majority of the fight was. Dude, yeah. It's funny because in both ways, I saw them throwing feints to, like, set up things later. Like, like Kamaro kept, like, feinting for, like, a takedown from outside just to see if Kobe would, like, drop his Mm -hmm. hands. You could tell, Mm -hmm. like, Kobe wasn't biting it at all. But I also saw, like, Kobe... Uh, throw out feints that Usman wasn't taking either. And I'm like, God, both these guys are so good. They know what's they know what's real or not. You know what I mean? Like they know that this yeah. isn't gonna happen unless it's set up like this. Like they know each other and they know the game. Yeah, they're both so good. It and it just makes me want to see Colby fight more people in the top five. Like I just want to yes. see how good the rest of the top five is too. Cause yep. Usman dominated pretty much everybody in the top five. Burns had, like, a good showing in the first round, like, hurt him. But, like, for the most part, Usman, since Damian Maya almost took his back, has been, like, pretty safe in every single fight except yeah. for Colby. And so, like, yeah, like, I want to see Colby Burns. I want to see Colby Kamzat. I want to see Colby Masvidal. Like, I want to <laughs> see Colby, like, all of them. Like and uh, if Colby beats all those dudes, in a way, it's, like, almost like... uh He's also one of the best ever. If we're going to say Usman is one of the best ever, and you barely lose to Usman twice, then you also got to kind of be one of the best ever now. Yeah, I would say that. It's just, it's just like a little weird because it's like the L's, but like, it's not like Usman dominated him at all. If, if Usman finished him like the first fight, then like, okay, like whatever. But well, it's like still even... Did, did score at 49-46, so... <laughs> I... I just feel like this is, and we were talking about this after the fight. I think we need better, I think we need more judges. I think we should have seven or nine judges, like make it like the Supreme Court. Yeah. And make it so you could have not only a 10 9 or 10 8 round, you could also have a 10 10, but so you could also have like a 10 10 round, a Mm -hmm. 10 9.5 round, a 10 8.5 round. Because you might be like, Yo, was that a 10-8? But maybe not. But is it a 10-9? Well, okay, then that is a 10.85. Like, just fucking do that. Like, why can't you do that? You know, why do they have to be like, oh, 10-8? Like, oh, significant. Like, and yeah, let nine people do it. And then eventually it evens out because the judging is decent. It's just not great when it's only three. Like, you put so much power into three people's hands yeah how many judges are there in like gymnastics you know how they do gymnastics it'll be like not you know 9.8 9.4 yeah nine, like they have all these they're doing it by like these tents and stuff but i don't know yeah I, I think there's a bunch of judges so i think that makes sense yeah why not you have so many f- former fighters like just give them like a grand like, i don't know a couple you could also make the argument that Maybe they're just like, yeah, we can barely find three people equipped to do this job. <laughs> yeah, but crowdsourcing is a real thing. Uh, somebody did a somebody did a study once with like the county fairs, you know, where you're like, oh, how much does that pig weigh, uh-huh. <laughs> like or whatever, like how many jelly beans in this thing? Yeah, when you ask like three, four people, they're like ten thousand or like a hundred eighty, like you know, like they're so far off. But when you ask like a thousand people, they generally get so fucking close to the answer. It's just, it, and they were like mind-boggling, like oh shit, they were mad close, you know, like 
I mean, it makes just, sense. Yeah. Yeah, dude. I mean, the app Verdict MMA literally deals with people judging the fights and oh, everyone really? gets it right. Yeah. And how do they get, how did, did you look at what they said for this fight? I actually didn't look to see what they said about this fight, but Verdict MMA, people do like live by live, like, oh, who won that round? And thousands of people use it. And you could also make your picks and stuff on that app too, which a lot of people use that to like, mm. just see how they're doing in terms of picking the right guys all right shout out uh, to shout out to verdict mma yeah but yeah verdict mma is all about like did they do it did they get it right why not add like i don't get like what is the harm of adding more judges as long as they're respected people in the sport Uh, you don't know if they're biased or well educated enough Everyone is biased, and these people are definitely not educated enough. So right. it's I mean, like, you, what do you get? Yeah, I don't know. Like, it's it's the same gatekeeping you might yeah, have with voting. Should everyone be allowed to vote? Like, oh no, not these people, or not these people. Or, yeah, I don't know. Everyone should be allowed to vote except women. No, okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, we do I, it. We still gatekeep. Like, <laughs> no kids, right? Like, kids shouldn't be allowed to vote. Like, no matter what, you're gonna tell someone they can't vote. When I asked my students, and I teach like college and high school students, and I was like, should 16-year-olds be allowed to vote? They were all like, no. And I was like, surprised. They said no. I was like, really? I was like, at 16, I'd be like, yo, let me fucking vote. I fucking work. I pay yeah, I'd be okay sometimes. if anyone under 25 didn't. <laughs> 25? That's how high you would go? Yeah. Unless you serve in the military. No, everybody 18. If you could go to jail for life, you should be able to vote. You can go to jail for life when you're young, too. Younger than that. Exactly. That's why. Okay, so that's your. You can murder somebody. Okay, you shouldn't be allowed to vote until you murder somebody, because that just fucking proves (laughs) you're a fucking man. You know, you can just handle your shit. You take a life, then you could control other people's. If you're too afraid to take somebody's life, then why the fuck are you like voting, determining other people's lives? You know what I mean? Well, that's that's why it's part of like, like you should have skin in the game or at least know the game pretty well. And I don't think someone, obviously, I don't think a ten year old knows that that's why everyone can agree on there so it's like where do you draw the line with age there right now it's 18 but do most americans think an 18 year old should vote i'd say most americans don't think that now if you don't let 18 year olds vote then you shouldn't let anybody above 70 vote because i think you also become fucking stupid the older you get as well maybe you're out of touch and you only have 30 years left on this earth at max where I would say, like, the 15-year-old is going to be like, yo, I got to live in this fucking shithole. So let me like, have some determination yeah, on how to, like, determine my uh, life, you know? We, this also be a fun- let, we also don't let non-citizens vote, and most people agree upon that. You know what I mean? Yeah, I agree upon that. We always have some line to draw. So in terms of these judges, you have to draw the line somewhere. Where do you draw them? I don't know. You got to have convincing... I say blue belt because I have a blue belt. So I believe yeah. as long as you have a blue belt, you should like actually you have to you have that's to have a California understand. that's a California state requirement to like referee matches. You have to have at least a blue belt. Yeah. I think you should have something or like whatever's a similar equivalent in boxing. Yep. And like some understanding where you're like, yo, I've watched like a thousand fights. You know, like they give you a test. Yeah. Give the, uh, I give think them people questions. have said in the past before it should just be fighters and stuff, but then you're like, ah, you don't know if fighters have like allegiance to like the upcoming exactly. fighters and coaches and stuff. Yeah. I mean, they already yeah. do have testing to be a judge now. Mm-hmm. It's just what else are you going to add to it? What else are you get like? 
should they have some type of training and skin in the game in terms of like combat experience? I, I don't know. It's tough to it, say. It's what I'm saying. If you have nine judges, though, right? Look, you have a couple outsiders, like fan type people. You have a couple blue belt grappling, wrestling oriented people, a Muay Thai guy, a, a fucking boxing dude, you know, like an old timer, like, you know, like, and like an, uh, an army dude, you know, you just have like different sects of fighting. And then each one might have their own perspective on fighting, you know, like somebody might see some fights like the Diaz bros where they're like, yo, they didn't fucking engage on right. the ground. They but I also think back. that these people need to be able to not be bought out either. Yeah, of course. That's a whole other thing. So like if you do open it to more judges, is that easily done? I don't know. But, but then you'd have to buy out all nine judges where right now you just have to buy out one judge. You know what I mean? Like that other time you might have to buy yeah. out four judges and Maybe. that becomes harder to do. Maybe, but maybe there's more to lose now, like for these judges specifically, like their job, as opposed to like, if it gets to like nine, maybe they don't work enough. Maybe they don't get paid enough. Maybe they don't care enough. Shouldn't they get more opportunities to do more stuff since, since they need nine judges for everybody? Uh, maybe, but I just think they would open the pool. Like they would have to open the standards. I mean, wouldn't they? Look, it would be somewhat difficult, but if the UFC is trying to be like fucking the NFL and even the NFL is not great at this because referees aren't even a full-time job or they just became a full-time job. I don't know how you have a billion, like, no, like a $20 billion, no, even more, because each NFL team is pretty much a billion dollars. So you have like a $50 billion league and the people that determine who win and lose aren't even full-time. Like, what the fuck is that? You know, like, how crazy is that? And same thing, like the UFC, like Dana White is always like repping and he is. Now he's the first to do so many things. Like, how still haven't you gotten refing right? Yeah, that's crazy. This isn't backyard wrestling. Like, this is like you're trying to be like soccer. You want to be the world's most famous sport. Just have some refs. Like, add some half points. Like, listen to some people. Why just do everything exactly the same? Yeah, I mean, I'm with you. I'm with you. There's definitely changes to be made. I think the half point and the more judges are great, are great alternatives to what we have now. And it doesn't change up things that much. It just keeps... Everything the same, just like a little bit more nuance. Yeah, a, mil- a little bit more clear, a little bit less split decisions that go the wrong way. And like we said, these fighters aren't getting paid that much and like some of these things. So it's like, imagine like, oh, so like when you lose and it's like at the hands of judges sometimes and it's like you didn't even deserve it. Like, and your win bonus is like half your paycheck. Like, it's like, oh my God, that sucks, you know? Yep. I feel terrible for them especially the younger fighters that aren't even getting paid that much. Like that could be the difference between them continuing in the sport or not continuing in the sport. Yep. You have a couple kids. You're like, yo, I can't risk just making 20,000 next year. Like I gotta fucking do it. Change judging. Let's see what'll happen, but I doubt it. Anytime. Did you happen to catch uh, Canelo plant or highlights? I just saw the knockout. Okay. Canelo looks like a beast. Yeah. But Caleb plant, I might argue he was winning up to that point. What I read is some people gave a couple rounds to plant, but not the fight. Yeah, that's what the um, when one of the commentators gives their scorecard. I didn't see it that way. Caleb, Caleb I like I liked Caleb based on what you were saying, and I like when an underdog wins. But he's Canelo got a good style. He's be- very good defensively. Has a great jab, and those are things that um, would give a Canelo a hard time, and it did. But as soon as Canelo sees that one opening. He's going to pounce and just not let up on it. Just 
crushing. I uh, I heard a story actually, as a scientific study done, that said redheaded people have a higher pain tolerance than other types. Oh, interesting. Does that give Canelo and redheaded fighters an advantage? Should they have their own league? <laughs> Correlation's not causation either, right? That's a weird. That's a funny one. I know. Canelo is the only. This is the second. Mexican person I know with red hair. Do you know who the first person is? Who? Louis C.K. Oh, okay. (laughs) Two totally different body types. Very famous. Not so famous. Yeah, but nobody knows Louis Mexican. Um, They asked Dana at the end at the press conference, like, yo, Usman wants to fight Canela. And then they're like, yo, would you want that to happen? And then Dana was like, "Uh, nobody should fight Canela. Usman talked about it at like some interview. I feel like if Usman was Connor, Dana would be like, yo, anything's possible. But <laughs> it's it's Usman and he's not that famous. Like he was like, yeah, just focus on this. You know what I mean? I felt like he was kind of poo-pooing it. And maybe he should, but I just felt like he didn't even give it the benefit of the doubt. Man. <sighs> like if Masvidal was champion, he'd be like, yo, maybe. Like he would just see the money. You know, where this he's like, I don't yeah. see the money and you're gonna get it. It just sucks out. that like an MMA guy has to take on a boxer in boxing. Yeah. That's the money. That's I know. It just like cause it's so obvious that Usman would crush Canelo in MMA. I would like to see Tyson Fury in MMA. I feel like Me he too. could have decent he could have decent takedown defense, like the heavyweight, like and I think he did also, talk about wrestling. At heavyweight, a lot of guys can hit one hit for a KO. So yeah. Even if like Tyson doesn't have the best takedown defense, he's still super dangerous. He's so long. If you could just learn how to have like a guard and hold him there for like a little bit, like you know, right. like to like get it back up. Yeah, he in the lighter well. weight classes, the power is just not as there. So like you have to have more skills all around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would like to see at least some boxers take that chance. At least I, I respect Usman. Usman wasn't talking about this type of stuff like four fights ago. Like he yeah. was been winning and he's been cleaning out the division and now he's saying it like all right that could be he's chasing I, legacy I, I saw someone commented recently oh it was Cejudo Henry Cejudo said it he's like I'm not gonna put Usman on like my um Mount Rushmore because instead of going to another weight class and like really cementing his legacy he's just recycling his opponents I think both have value but he you need to do both to be a goat and GSP slightly did both, but he did clean out his division. I think he did beat people multiple times. He has um, the most Us- title defenses, yeah. Yeah, Usman still has more to go. If Usman crushed Colby, because I was on, we were discussing like Usman's close to GSP or getting closer. If Usman crushed Colby, I would be more apt to be like, yo, he's like right underneath him. Right. But because How it was many close. How defenses does Usman have? Five, six. He doesn't have as many as GSP, but also oh, he has sure. so many, so many wins in a row. GSP has where, twelve like, title defenses. No one touches that. But back then, though, it was easier to get a title shot. So, like, I feel like not to defend little, it twelve times. No, of course. Look, GSP's the goat. But I'm just saying, like, he had it. He got it earlier. Where okay, Usman has eighteen wins in a row, mm-hmm. and since he's been champion. Five title defenses wow. after beating Woodley. But before that, he beat Dos Anjos, Damian Maya. Like, he sure. beat a couple of good people. He beat Sean Strickland back but also in uh, like 2017. Eight more is a lot more. It is. But 
I think Usman got his first title shot at 30, where GSP got his like first title shot at like 24. I, they just gave it to you a little bit earlier. The competition wasn't as deep. You could well, also now, argue it the other way around, where he was good enough at that point to get the title shot. For sure. For sure. I'm just, I don't think that's the point where I would say why I think GSP is better. I just think that now you tie what? Didn't Woodley have five defenses? Let me see. Let me check. Although that does, that is the threshold for making a lot more money too, though. You get like three title defenses, then five, like each one is earning you more money. No, Woodley had three defenses and a draw against oh, Wonderboy. Okay. All right, fair. So Usman, yeah, five. How many did Matt um, Hughes have? So yeah, I put Usman and Matt Hughes in like category. Hughes might even be slightly ahead, but the way Usman's going, like he could definitely. He's had nine title fights. He's won. Yeah, but they were separated by a BJ Penn win. Correct. But so yeah, Matt, Matt, that's still Matt crazy. Hughes. Nine title wins is insane. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, people against, just forget how good some guys are. And again, Matt Hughes had a crazy fucking run. All three of them are stellar wrestlers, too. Let's see what Usman does. I think Usman will surpass Hughes, and he has a chance to surpass GSP. But he needs to do what Cejudo said and challenge right, himself. Because he's now. obviously proved he's the best welterweight. So now it's a matter of like, all right, if, you're, if you've already proven you're the best welterweight in the world... Do you do a thing where you're like, all right, well, how long can you keep that going? Or do you now, all right, let's see how I am compared to the greatest fighter in the world and move weight class. He said he would fight Izzy, but he made like $50 million, which was- I think it's a money play. Yeah, he talked about Canelo, he talked about Izzy, and he's like, if it's going to be Izzy, it's going to be a lot of money. I think he's just playing the big game, as he should. I would love to see that too. I'm hoping for we get like a Kamzat versus Gilbert Burns or Colby. And then I think I, he's the only other person I want to see fight Kamaru. Dude, what if, what if Izzy beats Whitaker and Izzy's like, Kamaru, you my boy, but I think it's time. Fuck but if yeah. he just said something like that, the whole world would be like, what? I would love Izzy so much more than I already do if he did that. And it, Izzy can say be that. Something because something like that because Izzy's kind of doing the same thing as Usman is just recycling that division. And Izzy went up to 205. So he's like, I took that chance. Right. You know, you, you take that chance too. Like, and I feel like he would also look fair. at it as like, oh, if I'm going to give, like, he's my boy, I should give him a chance. Yeah. And yeah, you lose to your boy, but then your boy becomes one of the greatest ever. Like, you got to feel right. a little bit good about that. You right. know, like for both of them, it's like a win-win in, in a way. Yeah. If, if we were both amazing fighters, I would fight or, you. Even if you're both boys, do a catchweight non-title fight. People are still going to be all about it. Yeah, I don't know. People will still be all about it. You could both keep your titles, but the winner of that becomes like, oh, now we're talking greatest ever type shit. Yeah, so what do they fight at 177 or something? Whatever. You can even yeah. make it like 183, you know, like whatever. That would be dope. Oh, yeah, I feel like there's a lot of like exciting things that are happening. Next week, we get to see uh, Max Holloway again, which is dope. Hey, always good when Max fights. One of my yeah. fantasy guys, too. Fighting, yeah, year. Kevin Holland is actually on the card, but he's like so early. I'm surprised. Like he's like losing a lot of clout. Yeah, Some yeah, lost a lot. Whatever. Good for him, though. Keeps fighting. Yeah. And, and then uh, in December, we're gonna, there's a couple of good fight nights. You know, you get Font and Aldo and whatnot. 
obviously you have UFC 269 coming up December 11th, and that's probably just as good as this card too. So we had back-to-back weeks of great cards, and then now we have like a month to like another massively like awesome card. Charles Oliveira versus Dustin Poirier for the yeah. championship. Co-main event, Amanda Nunes versus Juliana Pena. Finally. And then, and then you have a welterweight bout, Leon Edwards versus Jorge Masvidal. Hey, hey. Like, such a great fight. Like That's so the one I'm much. looking forward to the most on that card. Flyweight, Kai Kara France versus Cody Garbrandt. So there, go, there goes my Car- Garbrandt All right. idea. And then you also see Sean O'Malley. He's going to fight Rolion or Holion Paiva. So I don't know who that is, but... Well, I don't. You're they're right. Really they're taking the slow burn with Sean O'Malley. Exactly. Exactly. All right, all right. Yeah, man. Great card. Just so much to talk about. Outstanding, man. Yeah, it was awesome. All right, then. All right, well, that's good for tonight. Okay, so uh, beyond this podcast, you guys know that I'm also a teacher. I teach about geography and environmental and economic issues are very important to me. And so I actually have a startup. It's uh, like an Uber for everything or an Airbnb for everything. So on Airbnb, you could rent out your house. Well, on Renta, you could rent out any good service or space. So if you have a wet vac or a pressure washer that you're not really using all the time, rent it out. Or if you are a jujitsu black belt and you offer private lessons, you could rent that out at any price. Or if you have gym space, you could rent that out. Or if you're a nutritionist on the side. The idea is I wanted to help freelancers make money and you keep 100% of everything that you ask for. And uh, the idea is to reduce consumption and keep money local. You could also look at it as uh, the next generation of Craigslist. And so if you like the podcast and you kind of trust me, I would love if you check out the app and download it. If I become rich, we could just keep making fight content all the time. So uh, give it a look. Renta, that's R-E-N-T-A-H dot com. Thanks for listening to the Philosophy of Fighting podcast. If you have any questions, suggestions, or if you would like to fight us, send us a DM on Instagram at philosophy underscore fighting.